Welcome to the Travel Like a Boss podcast, where we interview location-independent entrepreneurs that travel the world like a boss by being their own boss. Here's your host, Johnny FD. Hey everyone, this is Johnny, and welcome to episode 220 of the Travel Like a Boss podcast. I'm here with Julie Clark in Las Palmas, Gran Canary. Welcome. Hi. Hi, everyone. Yeah. So... Julie's actually one of the smartest, most successful women I know. Oh, that's a lie. <laughs> no, it's, it's true. But I'm in, and I've known you now for more than a year, a while, like yeah. a while now. But I'm embarrassed to say I, I can't remember how we met. Oh, uh, I know how we met. I posted on Meetup.com a co-working meetup at my house, and remember, you were the only one that showed up. Do you remember that? I, I remember being there and how and you ended up playing, uh, yeah, and you played uh, Super Nintendo. Yeah, and we I were do like, that. forget, we don't have to uh, do the co-working. We'll just play Nintendo. That was so funny. Actually, yeah. I remember that. Here, yeah. It was here in, in Las Palmas. Yeah, yeah. So I started that group and just had like meetups, yeah, co-working meetups at the house. Believe it or not, all the other ones were successful. The one you showed up to, like no one showed up. Well, then I would say it was a success. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, but it's funny how. Like how often people, you know, successful people will go out of their way to make something cool like right. for the community and then nobody will come. Yeah. It's so weird. Right. And then they kind of wait until it gets popular and then they show up. Right. But then I think the best connections you make are when something's new and not popular yet. Right. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I held on to that group for a while and then um, you probably know this on Meetup. They now charge you if you're like an administrator of a Meetup group over 100 people, they now charge you. You know what? I think I, it was like 10 or $20 a month. And it was but. a lot. I actually remember doing it for a group in Chiang Mai. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, I'm not making 50, I'm not even making $15 a month back from this. Why, why would I pay for it when I can use Facebook groups for free? Right, exactly. That's why I was just like, I let it go. Mm-hmm. And I was traveling too much. I wasn't, you know, in Grand Canary enough to have like that consistent, uh, you know, meet up every other week. Yeah. Okay. But you know what? It led us to meeting each other, so I'm exactly, happy you did it. Yeah. Thank you for that. But then I started the Facebook group, the American Nets in Spain, and that group's 2,500. So that one was successful. <laughs> and it's funny that in every country, it's either meetup.com is popular or Facebook, you know, Facebook groups are popular or maybe even couchsurfing. I guess that's kind of a separate thing. But yeah. like it's in some places... People like in Chiang Mai, people only use Facebook groups. Like nobody oh, uses Meetup. Interesting. Meet up. Okay. And then in some other countries, nobody uses Facebook groups. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, now WhatsApp groups, I think, are popular. Yeah, they're super popular, but they're yeah. so annoying. Yeah, there are too too many people sometimes, and you like jump into the group, and you're like, "What the hell are they talking about?" Yeah. yeah. And what drives me crazy is the little notifications. Like the first thing I do when I join a. a WhatsApp group or Telegram group is I mute the chat because I know it's going to get crazy. Yeah. But then even seeing that number, like, you know, 261 new messages, it yeah. drives me nuts. And I have right. to, like, clean I think it the, out. Yeah. yeah. It's that OCD in me. I have to clean yeah, it out every time. Yeah. So I am happy to say that I'm part of zero oh, wow. groups. Wow. Yeah. Some of my uh, WhatsApp community groups are migrating over to Telegram. Have you heard about this? Uh, I have a Telegram as well, but why Why did they move? So a lot of like the people in the crypto space and like aware of a lot of cybersecurity, they think that they could get hacked because apparently if someone has your phone number and your name, they can like easily hack you. Okay, yeah. So you know, in a WhatsApp group, everyone sees each other's numbers. Hmm. And then in Telegram, it's just like you have your handle. You yeah. You don't know the phone number. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I actually, I have Telegram because I think it's better, but then... A lot of people don't have it, so then I also have to have WhatsApp. Oh and then, yeah. <laughs> and then for like my my mom, I use Line, which oh, is like the Asian version. I heard about that. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. That's cool. All right. Yeah. So it's nice to see you in uh, Las Palmas again. Yeah, one year later. <laughs> yeah. <that laughs> Even lot- though I'm here for like three days and then leaving <laughs> again. I forgot that you were like I, I don't know. I guess we haven't really spoke since I left. No, no. I mean, I follow you. I feel like I know what's going on in your life. <laughs> and I feel bad because I have no idea what's happening That's in your okay. life. That's okay. I'm sure it's not as interesting. No, I'm sure it is. <laughs> but okay, so you were like, you were in Las Palmas for how long? Uh, two years. Okay. Yeah. And then why, why did you initially move here? So that is like the longest story ever, and I'll try to condense it and not bore your uh, listeners. Um, so my entire professional career, I was like working in a remote environment. And the biggest challenge I saw was like, 
you know, working from home is kind of like you feel isolated and it was hard to retain um, a remote team. Like you don't feel that connection. So when I started my remote company, I knew the very first thing I had to tackle was like that community element. So like six months into my business, I announced to my company, I was like, oh, let's go on a little, you know, company retreat. And I couldn't afford like, you know, a huge vacation Mm -hmm. and Nomad Cruise. I like that it was like, uh, you know, different nomads from all over the world. So a lot of the Americans that work for me have never left America. They've never met people outside of their culture. So it was a really cool experience for them. And plus we got to bond. So we went on. No, my cruise and a girl that works for me, Jessica, she's traveled all over the world. And um, as I'm researching, like, this cruise looks great. I'm like, but it's leaving from Las Palmas. And I'm like, Jess, where is that? Like, it looks like Morocco. She's like, no, it's this amazing place, an island off of Spain. She's like, trust me, just go like a week before it starts. And at the time, I'm like in crazy startup mode. I was like, I don't have time. She's like, trust me, just go. So I go one week prior and like totally fall in love. But keep in mind, this is probably like the fourth country I've been to in the world. So I'm like, I have not a lot to compare to, but it's like super safe, fast Wi-Fi, a really strong expat community, a city with a beach, like everything that I'd be looking for. And so after the cruise, um, we ended up in the DR and a lot of the nomads were like, oh, so where are you going next? And I was like, oh, back home. And they're like, but you're a nomad, like you own your own business. Why do you have to go back home? And I'm like, oh, you're right. I don't have to go back home. So when I went back to Philadelphia, it was snowing. And I remember looking outside the window, I'm like, what am I doing? And now I, you know, after Nomad Cruise, I had like, you know, I was following like a hundred people that were like digital nomads. My newsfeed looks like a travel magazine. So I'm like, I'm looking out the window, it's snowing. And, you know, I'm like, all these people are traveling the world. And like, why am I not? So like, I announced my company, like, I'm moving to Las Palmas. And they're like, what? They were like, you're crazy. And they're like, where's Las Palmas? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I just made that decision and I rented out my house and just picked up. Wow, that's really cool. I, yeah. actually, I didn't know that. Yeah. And it's actually kind of cool. I, I never heard of any anyone taking their like company on Nomad Cruise as a retreat. Yeah. Because I always think of it as more as like independent digital nomads. Right. But it kind of makes sense. Like if you work for a remote company, right. to have it be kind of a team getaway where you can also meet others too. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. And a lot of them were like new to this whole like working remotely. And I wanted everyone to have like not only a job, but also an experience. So it kind of tied into that as well. And ironically, someone that works for me met um, the love of their life who lives in Chile. They now are getting married and he moved to Chile. So like it was like a life-changing experience. Wow, that's really cool. I think that actually would be a really good recruitment tool as well. So... Just putting it out there. If anyone you know owns or works for a company that is trying to hire remote workers, yeah, go on, go on Nomad Cruise, right, and then just kind of I don't want to say poach people because yeah. you're not really poaching them from anyone specific. Well, that's ironic you say that. So like I have like the craziest recruitment strategy for my company. So I have an automation tool set up on my company account, mm-hmm. and so anyone that uses the hashtag like uh, Remote Year, like Digital Nomad, we start following them. Mm-hmm. And ironically, my automation tool on my company Instagram started following Jessica who now works for me. Mm-hmm. So followed her and she's like, who's this company like Kappa? And so she's looking at my page and it doesn't look like a staffing company. It looks like a travel company. And so she was like, oh, this looks interesting. So she just wanted to have a conversation with me and learn what we're doing. And then after talking to her, I'm like, oh, you're such a good fit for our company. And she's like, oh, but sorry, like, I'm, I don't want to be a recruiter. Like, that's not my thing. I was like, oh, well, are you interested in blogging for us? So she started out blogging for us. And then now she's been with me for two years. She's a recruiter on like two of our best, best accounts. But it's funny, like my automation tool found her like wow. on Instagram. Like, it's crazy how times are changing. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really cool. And as much as I think traditional companies are hesitant to use things like Instagram, for recruitment or for kind of business development, but it's kind of just where people hang out. So right. you kind of have to. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of people like, I think, validate a culture before they join. They now check Instagram. Like, so um, yeah, I've had my staffing company for three years. And a lot of times when we talk to candidates, I can like hear them typing on the keyboard and I'm like, crap, they're searching our client on Glassdoor. Wow. And they're like, oh, they go from like, oh, this job sounds great. And then I hear typing and then they're like, 
oh, um, yeah, I don't know if this is the right fit for me. I'm like, why? They're like, yeah, we just went on Glassdoor. Wow. <laughs> so a lot of people are validating culture either on Glassdoor or yeah, Instagram or LinkedIn, what type of people are working for the company. So it's smart, though. Yeah, I think so, too. So you moved yourself and your business to Las Palmas. Right. What was it like settling in here? Um, I think I think I was in the honeymoon phase for like a full year. And like I was in setup mode, so I think I didn't have a lot of time to really um, probably enjoy the atmosphere. Like I was doing a lot of like we had visitors like every month. So I, I felt like a constant tour guide. I didn't have a lot of downtime mm-hmm. when like you live in a vacation spot and like people are constantly visiting you. Like our referral partners and clients, they would come and fly out. So it was constantly like an entertainment mode. And then at the same time, like trying to set up my life, like simple stuff is like, finding a doctor or, you know, the basics, you know, finding a dentist and, you know, most of the island doesn't speak English. So there's that transition um, and just fixing up the place to make sure it's comfortable. Um, Yeah. So it was a, it was a hard transition and I wasn't a traveler before I like settled here. So, and I didn't speak Spanish. So it was a huge learning curve for me. So, I could definitely see that, especially if you're like moving your life here. Yeah. I think it's different when someone's a nomad and they they know they're just going to be there for a month. They yeah. get a furnished Airbnb. Right. They don't worry about the dentist. Right. Know. Yeah. But you were basically, you knew that you were moving your life here kind of long right. term. Yeah. yeah. Actually, so I think some people might not know what Gran Canaria is. Oh, yeah. You want to explain it? Yeah. So it's a island off of Spain. Um, so it's part of the Canary Islands. If you're looking at the map, it's it looks like it's like a dot next in the ocean next to Morocco. And it is. Yeah. <laughs> and it's great weather all year round. I think that what's super unique, if you search, I mean, you're well-traveled, you know, all the cities with a beach with great weather all year round. San Diego um, obviously comes close to that, but there's not a ton like El Rio, San Juan, um, and it has a surf town and it's inexpensive. Yeah, great weather all year round. So I just think that's a very unique uh, place in the world. Yeah, I was actually just thinking about what are all the cities in the world that has a nice beach. Exactly, yeah. And not even year round because that's definitely a, a huge plus if you want to be somewhere year round. But even just as a moving nomad, mm-hmm. there's not that many. Right. Like cities that even during the summer, it has both a city center where you can like get stuff done, right? Right. There's lots of islands in the world. So yeah. if you just want a beautiful beach without infrastructure, right. you can be, you know, yeah. on one of the thousands yeah. of islands. Right. But if you want to be able to, you know, get your iPhone fixed or yeah. get a new MacBook, exactly, uh, yeah. have a normal life, yeah. there's, you know, Barcelona, right. there's San Diego, there's like Florida, I guess. Right. And... That, yeah, there's not that many places. Right. And on top of that, I think what a lot of people underestimate, um, and someone that works for me, this is her story. I hope she doesn't mind me sharing this. Um, we all, when we all started working for the company, we all kind of relocated. So I went to Gran Canaria. Um, Lauren went to Germany. And uh, Jessica went to Portugal. I have another in Croatia. So we all kind of like picked our locations. And that fit for us, you know? And what was interesting, like a year later, Lauren calls me and she's like, you know, I'm going through a really hard time. And I'm thinking like, what? Like we all just relocated our life. Like we're exploring, like this is so much fun. She's like, I'm dealing with isolation. She's like, there's not a strong expat community. She moved to a castle with a farm, (laughs) which is kind of random. But This is the one you just got back from, right? Yeah, I just visited her and validated that all of this is true. And um, she said she tried really hard to find, this is castle. Castle Germany. Um, it's like an hour and a half from Frankfurt. Is it actually called Castle Germany? I know, right? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> How okay. ironic. Um, so she had a really hard time finding an expat community and she was, you know, she's learning German, but not enough to like, you know, have a community yet. And just like not having someone to talk to outside of her husband, it was just really isolating. So I think one thing that I did really focus on before I made that move, um, I know I made it very quickly, but I did decide to move to a location that had a strong community. And I was so lucky, Nacho, who I now help run the conference here, um, 
uh, Nomad City, he like he was always a phone call away. Like I'd be like, oh, how do I find this? Where is this? Do you know someone that does this? And he he would respond to me very quickly. So I, there was this like welcoming feeling that like there was constantly support. So I never. What was weird is like this started to feel more like home than even like Philadelphia, where I was there most of my life. Like going back there. Um, I was telling you, it was like a reverse culture shock. I felt, I feel like here and the expat community is more fitting and feels more like home than, you know, where I grew up. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's really cool. And actually, even before I came to Grand Canary, I heard Nacho's name so many oh, times. Oh, yeah. He's like a celebrity. Yeah. yeah. He's like the mayor of Grand Canary. Yeah. Like, if someone wants to learn how to like master the art of community, it's definitely him. Yeah. So he's just like an awesome person. Yeah. And he's actually like you're just a nice guy, like a cool guy. Yeah. And what I really liked about Nacho, but also all the other kind of owners of uh, co-working spaces here in Grand Canary is they really seem like they're all friends. Like, right. And I feel like in other places in the world, they're competitors. No, yeah. While right. here, it really feels like a community. Yeah, it really does. They all stick together. Yeah. yeah. Which is good because in the long run, by having a, like a, a better ex- like experience for everyone, mm-hmm. you attract more nomads to the island. More people right. stay longer. Yeah. Business goes well for everyone. Exactly. And yeah. as long as you have good space and you know, you're, like, you're established... You're always going to do well. Mm-hmm. But I think in some places where they're really competitive, it kind of just drives everyone away. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. But speaking of the expat community, mm-hmm. I've always known it was good here. But this weekend, I went on a hike with uh, Christian and Marta, which are my two Polish friends, who mm-hmm. ironically I met in Chiang Mai. Mm-hmm. And they decided to move here to be closer to Poland. Oh, yeah. But still have good weather, still have nomad community. And during this hike, they were like, I want to say like 20 other expats. Wow. And it really felt homey. Yeah. It really felt nice. And it actually made me wish that I was living here. Wow. Because people had dogs. Yeah. People had like babies. Right. <laughs> you know, like it, people had cars. It really felt like they're not home just, away from home. Yeah, yeah. They're not just like here for a week and then gone. Yeah. Yeah. They and really transitioned. Yeah. It was really nice. And the conversations you have, I mean, most people were you know, working online. That's how they support themselves. Right. But the conversations weren't just about online business. Right. You know. Family. It was like family, like, you know, you know, hobbies. Right. Pets, you know. Yeah. And I, I can see this being a place to like really settle down. Right. Yeah. yeah no, it has. I think it's like a, a really good place to live. Yeah, yeah. It's inexpensive, good weather all year round. It's super safe. Super yeah. nice beaches. Yeah. You have good, like good surfing. Right. You have scuba diving. Yep. Like decent scuba diving. Mm-hmm. You have great snorkeling right yeah. off the beach. Cycling. A lot of the triathletes come here and train. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You see that with the mountains. Yeah, you have beautiful mountains. Mm-hmm. You have a good kind of mixture. Like when you fly over, Grand, when you fly into Grand Canary, you'll be really disappointed because mm. it looks like an industrial desert. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that's just like kind of one area of the island. Right. And I almost think that the problem is when we describe Grand Canary, it makes yeah. it sound like a tropical paradise, but it's really more of a desert city that happens to have some green right and like not be that like it's not dry right they describe it as like many different continents like you drive 20 minutes one way you feel like you're there's an area that like you know looks kind of like a jungle we did that hike together yeah that was a great yeah. hike and it felt like a jungle right like it felt like a semi-tropical jungle right. right and then um there's mountainous areas so it's it's so diverse the landscape is so diverse i don't know of any other island or country that's that diverse so it's almost like you have you're in multiple different countries. Yeah. yeah, and you also have a normal city center right. with malls and Starbucks right. and like a media mart, like where you can you know buy PS4, you can get a new iPhone, right. <laughs> like yeah. buy you know normal clothes, go to big supermarkets, and have like a normal city center life too. Right, exactly. Yeah. I know a lot of Americans are like, "Why would you move to Grand Canaria? Like we have all you know the Bahamas and there's all those islands. Like why don't just move there?" But we have access to all of Europe. Like for like $80, I could visit my friend in Germany. You know, there's just easy access to all of Europe. And this is livable like all year round, like good weather all year round. It's super safe. A lot of the other islands, like, yeah, the island's great if you just stay on a resort. Mm-hmm. But there's no like city life where you can really uh, indulge in the culture and like, you know, live there. I, there's not a ton of islands outside of the resort that are really livable. 
Yeah, I can see that. I, I would say the, the closest thing I could think of would be Hawaii. Oh, yeah. Because you have Costco, you have Walmart, you have like but, normal city center. But then triple the price. More than or triple. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like four yeah. times the price and right. you don't have the tax breaks exactly. because you're in the U.S. Yeah, like like a glass of wine here is like a dollar, you know, dollar fifty if you convert it. Yeah, it's super cheap here. Yeah, food like food's pretty cheap. Groceries are cheap. Right. The housing, I think if you... It's kind of weird because like we're staying in a place... I'm, I'm staying at my buddy David's place mm-hmm. and you know David yeah, as well. Yeah. And it's expensive. It's like, you know, 3,000 euros a month. Well, that's tourism is driving it up. Yeah. But outside of this bubble, like yeah. if you go to the middle of the island, you can get something for like nothing. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, and the thing is, you know, like he doesn't need to be on the beach. Yeah. <laughs> like he's literally on the beach, you know, his balcony over is yeah. on the beach. Right. And it's like a huge, beautiful place. And the thing is, if we were trying to be fair, I guess if you had this exact location in Santa Monica oh. or in Miami, it would grand, be yeah. like 10 Insane. grand. So yeah. it's still good value. Exactly. But for most normal right. nomads, you can live four blocks, you know, away from the exactly, set, you know, yeah. and it'd be a thousand bucks. Right. But yeah, I mean, obviously we're painting all the, the good picture, but the negatives, which I cannot find too many. This is me like scraping to find a negative. It doesn't have Uber, but there's a taxi at every corner. So there's, you know, once you get over the fact that you can't call a cab from your phone. Um, you can call a cab. Oh, well, we if you have no the hookup. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's there's the no problem. App. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, I know it sounds silly, but the fact that I have to walk four blocks to take a cab mm-hmm. is a bit annoying compared to just calling one on, on Uber. Yeah. So I think we're a bit spoiled. We're spoiled, yeah. But the nice thing is it's really affordable. Right, like, exactly. coming from the airport, the airport bus was only two euros 80 so it's yeah. two and then it's bucks. 30 if you get a private taxi yeah. yeah and but there's almost no reason to because you can like i what i did was i basically t- i took the bus for three bucks yeah and then i took a taxi from the bus station for another three bucks yeah. and I was at the door right yeah and what's cool is like the locals are so welcoming like they're always so friendly i think that was the first thing i noticed when i got here like i happened to be in dc before i made this move and i remember i was at a starbucks and the girl at the register was like, what do you want to drink? And just like attitude. And I'm like, why doesn't she like her job? Like you pick this job. I have never met anyone in Gran Canaria that has, has been like in a bad mood. But I guess if you live in like good weather all year round, why yeah. would you? And Everyone's are, so upbeat. They are. It's really strange. It's weird. It's like, almost strange. But We're, then again, if I did a siesta from 12 to 4 or whatever they do, I think I'd never be miserable either. Yeah. And I think people are just happy that they have a job. Yeah. And like... They're just so laid back. Right. Where I actually, I, I, I feel so bad now, but I was kind of a dick the first day because I was like super tired. When last year? Or no, 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 just like two days ago. Uh-huh. I arrived and I was trying to get a SIM card and I was waiting in line for like 20 something minutes because, you know, there was just like people, like one, there's only one person in front of me, but they're just yeah. taking their time, right? Yeah. And then I get to him and I'm like, oh, hi, can I buy a data SIM card? He's like, oh, sorry, you know, we, we don't have, you know, we ran out. Oh, no. And I was so annoyed because I just waited for 20 minutes and I was like, I was like, you know, why don't you have a sign up that says they don't yeah, have it? Or that's like, efficiency. Spain doesn't believe in that. Yeah. <laughs> and then I think I snapped because I was just oh, annoyed. No. But then um, I would, I was almost kind of expecting for him to also get angry oh, no. too. And then like, then I would be justified. Like, yeah, yeah you know, like screw oh, this no. guy. But no, he they was never so nice. Mean. He was so friendly. He's like, yeah. he's like, He's like, oh, yeah, sorry, man. Like, you know, we normally have it, but we just ran out yesterday. And he starts, like, talking to me, like, not confrontationally at all. Wow. And not actually, not even trying to um, explain the situation. But it's almost like he made me feel like like he was just talking to me like a friend. Yeah. As he's like, he's like, yeah, man, you know, it sucks sometimes that, like, the boss doesn't send the the right, you know, the yeah. things. And I found myself kind of just hanging out with this guy. Yeah. <laughs> and just, like... Just chatting, and I was like, man, you can't even get mad at people in this yeah, city because everyone's so friendly. Oh, if that was in New York, we would have got punched. Yeah. yeah, and I wanted that, right? Yeah. I wanted, like, that conversation <laughs> yeah. to feed each other's anger, right? right? But you don't get that here. Oh, no. They're so, so nice, yeah. so welcoming, yeah. And one thing that I really like is even though everyone speaks Spanish, they are so patient. They're so patient. I've never yeah. met anyone in the world that is this patient yeah. with such with my s- terrible yeah. Spanish. But like they will just like they will really listen to you right. and they will like really try to figure out what you're trying to say and then they'll like 
encourage and congratulate yeah. you for <laughs> but, being terrible. But the flip side is that patience leaks into other areas, like when you need the check and you need to go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it no, will take like an hour. Yeah. Yeah. But it's island life and it's Spanish life. Yeah. And I guess other annoying things are I was trying to have lunch yesterday, but it was at a kind of a weird time in the afternoon. Yeah. And I walked around for like 30 minutes trying to find a place that was mm-hmm. open and places would literally say opens tomorrow at yeah like oh the weirdest hours well you yeah. know we met and got sushi mm-hmm. or poke bowl and it was open an hour before it set on the hours are always wrong yeah and okay. the addresses are always wrong so that's always confusing yeah and yeah. places don't open like lunch starts normally at one yeah a lot of places and then it'll close at yeah. two right and we open at 7 p.m or 8 p.m yeah and I'm like, what are people doing? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, how do they make money? Exactly. Like, yeah. everywhere is closed on Mondays for some reason. Yeah. And sometimes Sundays as well. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, reopens Wednesday, 3 p.m. Right. <laughs> you're like, okay. Yeah. Well, try hiring, like, that mindset, mm-hmm. you know, when they, like, need siestas. I don't think I ever told you the story. My I hired, you know, a local and um, just to help out because obviously I don't speak Spanish. And like we were training for like one hour and then he's like, oh, I have to take a siesta, which I was like, okay, yeah, that's normal. I get it. And he wanted to take a nap like at my place. Oh, that's so funny. (laughs) And I was like, oh, what do I do? Do I set an alarm? Like, how does this work? Yeah. So they take siestas to a whole nother extreme. That's so random. Yeah, right. You you met him. He came to the co-working. Okay. So to be fair... You guys were working out of your place. So yeah. it's, not like, it's not like you were working in an office but and like, I just, to go to your yeah. house. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. And he's like, can I take my shirt off? I'm like, oh, what do I do here? This is getting awkward. That yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't know. I guess it's efficient too. So instead of him that is taking the bus home. Way to spend my horrible hiring. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. That's funny. But I liked your place a lot. Yeah. It oh, was, yeah. Like and and are you still keeping that place? No, I I have a new place near okay. Corte Inglés, so it's like the main mall of of Gran Canaria. So now you're in, in uh, La La Canteras or where are we? Uh, basically, Macy Lopez. You know where Corte Inglés is? Is that like how, how like how far of a walk is it from here? Okay. Do you know how to get to the other beach? Yeah. Okay. I'm my place is in front of that beach. Okay, so twenty minute walk. Yeah. Okay, that's walk. fine. Yeah. Because I really liked your place, but it was just too far. Oh, well, yeah. So Vegeta is like the old town mm. that is super trendy now. A lot of people are like, I think 50% of the expats or digital nomads are here in mm. Las Palmas or in Vegeta because okay. there's a lot of shopping there and great restaurants and there's a lot of development going on there. But you're right. That's why I moved closer here because like all my friends, all the events that were going on were here. Yeah. So to kind of explain um, Las Palmas to everyone or Grand Canary to everyone because mm-hmm. conf- it is confusing. Yeah. So... People will say either I'm going to Canary Islands, yeah. Grand Canary, or Las Palmas. Yeah. And what it means is Grand... So Canary Islands is the set of islands. Right. So kind of like saying... When someone says, I'm going to Hawaii, right. you'll say which island. Right. Exactly. Uh, like a state. Like yeah. Grand Canary is like a state, essentially. Yeah. So there's Tenerife, La- Lanzo... Or, La Palma... Yeah, Lanzarote, Fuerteventura. Okay. Anyone that loves like the really white beaches, we have all dark beaches here. Fuerteventura has like all white beaches, basically. The kite surfing is really popular there. Um, more people from London go to Fuerteventura. Um, yeah. So. Okay. So there's much like m- like prettier islands. Yeah. But the reason why we come to Grand Canary, which I assume it means is the biggest of the Canary Islands. Oh, no, Tenerife is the biggest. Is it? Yeah. I guess this the name's the all wrong. Biggest. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> the reason why we're in Grand Canary is it has the Las Palmas, which is the capital city. Exactly. And it feels more like a real city. Right. It has kind of like a bigger airport. Yeah. yeah. And they're just kind of more here right. to have a normal life. Right. So it's not as tropical or as beautiful, but right. still very nice. Well, it was funny when David Tenerife, people are going to hate me when I say this. Yeah. Uh, David who called me and was like, oh, you know, I wanted to move to the Canary Islands. Where should we move? Grand Canaria or Tenerife? Obviously, I was going to talk him into Grand Canaria regardless. Okay. <laughs> but uh, I explained to him like Tenerife, it's beautiful and it has a different set of, you know, beauty than Grand Canaria, but the city itself doesn't have a surfing beach. 
So the surfing vibe totally changes mm. the city. And yeah. so like if you live in the city, if you need to go to the beach uh, in Tenerife and Santa Cruz, you have to get in the car. Like okay. here, you just walk, walk outside. Over. Yeah. Yeah. Literally, we can like throw a stone exactly. at surfers here. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yes, and, and to kind of explain how much of a city it is, if you're two blocks in like away from the beach, yeah. it, I forget that I'm in a beach town. Right. It just feels like a normal city. Exactly, yeah. You know, there's there's even Ikea here. There's, yeah. Uh, there's two Ikeas here, two, I think. Yeah, but a little bit of a drive. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and then, McDonald's. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And Starbucks. Oh, they just got Starbucks within the last year. I saw that. And yeah. what's funny is I tried to go to that McDonald's yesterday. No, you didn't. Yes. Because I, well, we I was meeting some people near there to go on a hike. Oh. And I thought, just okay. a meeting point. Okay. You know, but I was like, you know what? I haven't had McDonald's breakfast in so long. It'd be nice to have. Yeah. So I walked there and at like 9.30 a.m., it's closed. What? Yeah. It doesn't open until like 11. Oh, that's interesting. The franchise probably has different versions uh, all over the world, like the hours. That's so weird. Wow. Huh. Yeah. So I don't know. I guess that, that kind of sums up um, <laughs> Las Palmas. It's yeah. like a, It's kind of like a mini... Barcelona city, I don't know, city no, center, I don't yeah. know, with like a like a nice beach, but um, I wouldn't. So for me personally, I wouldn't live in the old city, yeah, Vegeta, because yeah. even though I think it's really beautiful for tourists and for locals too, yeah. I actually think it's a nice place to live. Mm-hmm. It's where like tapas night is. It has probably the nicest co-working space on the island. Go co-working. I, I really Nacho's like the layout. Hate you. <laughs> hey, you know what? Like. I think Nacho's coworking space has the best community. Yeah, it does. But the but Go Coworking has the best layout. Yeah, it has like big bright windows with like lots of sun, natural mm-hmm. light. It has yeah. like big nice it's tables, really, cool. yeah. really comfortable chairs. Yeah. It's just set up as like a really nice coworking space. Yeah, but it's just too far for me, so I never go. Exactly. Yeah. But you haven't had the real Grand Canary experience until you've been to Carnival. Ah, uh, which I just missed a few days yeah, ago. Yeah, huge mistake. I have never been to a place where, like, literally every month there's some festival, some party. Um, I just can't even keep track. Like, they're always, there's always a, you know, I go out to the supermarket. They're like, oh, this is a day off. And next thing you know, there's, like, a festival, a beer festival. Carnival is, like, a full month. So it's, like, all over the island and the street is crowded. For anyone that's never been to Carnival in Spain, to give you an idea, it's, like, Mardi Gras meets uh, Halloween. So it's like day drinking in costumes and men that are very comfortable wearing pink and girly clothes. Okay. <laughs> there's, there's a carnival in Germany too, right? There is? Yeah. Oh, I, I think in that. like Cologne in the south where oh. everyone wears in costumes. I th- and if, but I think it's only like, it's weird. It's, it's also a couple months long, but oh. I think they only celebrate it like for a weekend in the yeah. beginning and then okay. like a weekend at the end or something. But okay. I haven't been, so I don't know. Oh, okay. Right. Definitely an experience though. Yeah. But it's yeah. weird because I've always assumed Carnival was just in Brazil. Yeah, I know. That's when I heard about it and yeah. I thought it was like insane there. Yeah. All right. Well, honestly, I'm kind of glad I missed it. Yeah. You'd I, be I, recovering right now. Yeah, I'd be. Yeah. From a whole month. Yeah. That's why I'm like, how do these people survive? And they go to all of them. Yeah, it's wow. Crazy. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to be chilling here and hanging out. Um, but... You're not staying here much longer, right? Oh, if Nacho is listening, he's going to be very upset. I haven't announced it to, I told uh, some of my friends. Um, Yeah, so I stayed here for two years. Um, I'm different than most of the nomads. I I really want to understand the culture and I want to commit to two years. And uh, I did start a business kind of around Spain, the American expats in Spain. And I was going to set up a business here, but it just made more sense um, to go to Puerto Rico. But it had to do with a family decision. Um, I didn't even tell you this. <laughs> my, my dad called me like six months ago and he's 75. And he's like, you know, you've been living like my dream. Like I keep on hearing how you're a digital nomad. Like I want to be a digital nomad. Wow, and it's I, 75. So I think he's like joking and I'm like, oh, so anyway, like, so he's like, no, Julie, I'm not joking. I want to be a digital nomad. And I was like, dad, like, you know, you've accumulated so much stuff. You'll have to put it all in storage. Like this transition will be huge. Like at your age, he's like, Julie, I'm ready. And I was like, okay. But I'm thinking like, for health reasons, I can't like relocate him to Gran Canaria. So I'm thinking like what place near the U.S. Um, that will feel like a digital nomad vibe, but like it's close to the U.S. just in case we have to fly him back. 
So I start searching every island around the U.S., safety, cost, community, because that's really important. And he speaks no other language. So I actually found, I think it was a Forbes article. It was like, why digital nomads are going to Puerto Rico. And it was like a really good business opportunity. So I'm like reading that. And then I actually posted in the San Juan expat group. And I said, hey, um, I'm thinking about... uh, moving there. Um, How is everything after Maria? Is there internet? Like I'm just picturing the worst because all the news and media has painted the picture like the whole island is like demolished. Mm -hmm. So everyone's these nice expats in the group are responding like, no, it's like totally fine here. Like electricity is back up and running. Like you won't even notice that there's a hurricane unless you go to the outskirts of like San Juan. So I told my dad, I said, listen, I'm going to go a week before, I'm going to check out the place, and I'm going to give you a whole report. I'll let you know if you can come out, and I'll get you a one-way ticket. So it was perfect. So I stayed in um, Old Town, Old San Juan, and of course, it's a little too touristy for me, and he's kind of the same way. He didn't want like a crazy touristy area. So then San Juan, I checked out, and it was like perfect. And what was interesting, it had that same element that I was looking for here when I first moved to like a strong expat community. And they have a enormous expat community. They have a WhatsApp group for every hobby under the sun that you can think of. I got into beach tennis. I'm now part of a beach tennis mm-hmm. club, a poker club, a hiking club, a beach cleanup club, um, saving animals. There's like multiple communities there. So it had a lot of elements that I was looking for. Um, and then I'm meeting, I was meeting a lot of like, uh, crypto guys that have come down there for act 20 and 22. So 22 is, um, the capital gains, um, tax incentive. Um, and then act 20 is for businesses, 4%, uh, corporate tax. If you get approved for exporting services. So if you do business with uh, companies in Puerto Rico, then you can't qualify for the 4%. But if you're already doing business and your clients are in the U.S., then that's considered export of services. So that's why all of a sudden, like I meet probably, I was meeting, I was in Puerto Rico for I think two months, um, just a few months ago. And I was meeting like 20 new people like every week that are just coming down and finding out about this incentive. So it's not a lot of digital nomads. Um, it seems like either people that are retired or they're somehow retired at 35 and, you know, they're worried about capital gains. So it's not really a big traveler scene. It's more people that are putting in their six months to qualify for this tax incentive. And then, um, yeah, the other six months back in the States if they have a family or something. Yeah, really good info. And I actually had looked into moving to Puerto Rico. How did you find out about it? Because, like, I talk to people and they're like, how did you find out about it? I think, I don't know how I first heard about it. You know, just kind of being around other people who, like, Mm -hmm. like tax breaks and travel. Uh, But I think just earlier this last year, we interviewed someone on the Invest Like a Boss podcast about... Act 22 and Act 20 and kind of the pros and cons of moving to Puerto Rico. Uh, So that was episode 88 of Invest Like a Boss, if you guys want to listen to it. Uh, It was with Jory Roberts, who I think... uh, I'm I'm trying to remember who who they are, but I think they they actually professionally like relocate people or consult. Yeah. So um, basically, from what I remember that episode, the big kind of pros of being a nomad or expat in Puerto Rico is instead of having to be out for 11 months a year, yeah. like I do, I can you can just be out for six, six months, months a year, yeah. which allows you to spend half the year back in the US, which exactly. is really nice for a lot of people. But then it's also like, it doesn't matter if you, if you're like, forget it, I'm never going back to the US. So then it doesn't matter as long as you're not spending six months in the US. You can, like, I could be in Spain and then all of Europe for most of the year and then just do a few months in Puerto Rico. The majority has to be in Puerto Rico and can't be another country. Okay. So then if you float around most of the year, but then spend two or three months, that's the majority. Okay. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be three months in a day. It right. can be as long as you're not spending three months in 
right. Spain or something. But you have or, to prove that like you're a resident there. Like you have to switch your license. Mm-hmm. You have to have a bank account there. You pay all your bills out of that bank account. Okay. So yeah. it's a real move. You like you a actually have move. to move to Puerto yeah, Rico. Exactly. Versus I'm not actually living in Thailand. Right. I just exactly. happen to be in Thailand. Yeah. Yeah. And then just to compare and contrast, like Gran Canaria, they have the same like four percent, but to be a Zec company, you have to hire five residents of spain and to be a resident you have to be here six months so if you hire a nomad that moves here he they have to commit here you know six months out of the year but then that turns on and off like with Mm -hmm. act 20 you're grandfathered in for i believe it's 10 or 20 years uh you're grandfathered in so no one can take that away Mm -hmm. and right now you don't have to hire um five locals okay yeah yeah Yeah, so so that's a big difference I, i i can definitely see a lot of benefits of Living in Puerto Rico. And then you don't have to worry about the visa, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's technically part of the U.S. Right. right? Um, and I think as Americans going to Puerto Rico, we get a lot of be- like benefits. Yeah. And unfortunately, they don't get that lot of benefits for going to the U.S. Well, you'll be shocked by this. What? So after I like lived in Spain for uh, three years, I was like spoiled by this whole like, you know, medical tourism thing that mm. I kind of set up for myself. Like I don't have those nomad ones like safety wings or anything. I pay out of pocket and I was telling you it's cheaper to pay out of pocket for the whole procedure than to do the copay in the U.S. with insurance. Yeah. So I was like, forget it. I'll stay just in case there is a huge emergency. I did keep some of my insurance in the U.S. Um, but then, you know, just pay out of pocket if something comes up when I'm traveling. But so I signed up for insurance in Puerto Rico. Just guess what my so in the U.S., um, it was seven. Keep in mind, I never go to the doctors. I'm super healthy. It's seven hundred dollars a month. That that's what? what I was paying. That's crazy. Guess what it is in Puerto Rico for me right now? I don't know. It can't be less than a hundred. Oh yeah, hundred and twenty dollars. Wow. So that's because they're part. Of, that's what's cool about Puerto Rico. It's a totally separate system. So you're not into their federal system. Mm. Everything's totally separate. So the insurance companies, I guess, haven't really affected the yeah, insurance. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. But at the same time, you're saying that. It's not that cheap to live in Puerto Rico. Oh, it's, yeah, so expensive. Yeah, it's crazy because... But that's because of the Jones Act. Have you read about the Jones Act? No, what is that? Yeah, so it's basically like um, there's any time a ship, uh, an export, import, it has to stop in the U.S. And so there's like tariffs on the the goods that come in. And so 95% of the island is import. Yeah, that sucks. And yeah, because I... They're not sustaining off like any any of the farming there. I think so. I've I've heard a lot about the Jones Act, mostly for cruise ships. Oh, okay. Where like let's say they want to go to um, Hawaii or something. Right. That's why it was created. Yeah. yeah. Where okay. So I think the reason it was created is to to have U.S. people have jobs, right? Right. And, and also like for U.S. like ships to right. you know be used, like because yeah. it'd be rude if. You know, people were sh- like shipping stuff from one country to the U.S. and not paying tax, right? right? But um, so they created this this act where if anything between U.S. Uh, U.S. cities or U.S. ports right. needs to be on a U.S. ship exactly. with all U.S. employees, which mm-hmm. then gets really expensive. Exactly. But so going from like, but then you can go from the U.S. to another country or another country to the U.S. without needing that. Right. So, like a lot of um, cruises, if they want to go from, like, let's say, like Los Angeles to Hawaii, that's right. U.S. to U.S., so they can't do that. Right. So what they do instead is they go, you, they go, um, like L.A. to some random sandbar yeah. that's owned by another country. Right. That's like you know, 12 hours out of the way of Hawaii, right. touch base, and then just go back to Hawaii. Right. And it's a, such a waste of fuel. Exactly. But you just have to do it. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it's weird. Yeah. So I get my normal things in the supermarket and like my uh, almond butter is like $15, but then I'll go down in the one aisle to get lotion. And if I get the lotion that's from Panama, it's a dollar. But if I get the other lotion, the brands that I know, it's like $10. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's a little tricky, but I wanted, when I get back, I want to get involved in the CSAs there. Uh, so, so, so CSA is what? Community sourced agriculture? Uh, yeah, uh, support al- uh, agriculture, okay. community-supported agriculture, yeah. So, like, can, I've heard of CSA boxes. Is, oh, is, okay. Is that what it is? So, basically, it's like a lot of farmers take on a lot of risk if you're, you know, developing your farm and if there is, like, a hurricane and it demolishes your farm that you just lost all your investment. Mm-hmm. So, a CSA, what that does is um, it collects the money up front 
Like, let's say you got a, I have a farm and you paid me upfront for all the fruit and vegetables I'm going to give you for the year. Mm-hmm. You give me $500. It'd be more than that, probably in Puerto Rico, but $500. If there's a hurricane, you lose your 500. Mm. That's like your donation to like the farming community because that farmer will go out of business. So you're basically keeping the farm, you know, um, active by not, uh, by being part of the CSA, Okay, but in organic farming too. And I, I guess that since you're prepaying, maybe you get like a bit of a, a, I don't know, like, would it be, is it cheaper than if you had bought it afterwards or? Oh, I don't know about Or better that. maybe? Yeah. Maybe better. Sure. Maybe better. Yeah. Because yeah. I remember the first time I saw CSA box was actually in Lisbon, Portugal. Oh. I was staying with my, my buddies, uh, uh, Alexis and Shannon, and they, it's so weird. Actually, I have a lot of friends who have me stay at their places and then they're like, oh yeah, uh, we're, we're not going to be there. So just like take the key or like oh, or something yeah. so i show up and then then uh they say oh by the way if you see a box of fruits and vegetables that's our csa box oh, just take like, what's that yeah and i had no idea oh. and they're like oh just take it in and eat it because it's gonna go bad by the time we get back right so i opened this box that's like a wooden crate yeah and it was like christmas right, right? and there's all these like random fruits and vegetables that none of them look perfect right, right. they look like they actually came from a farm right. they have like some dirt on them yeah and there's some things I never recognized. I was like, what I was like, what is this? Yeah. But it was so tasty, so fresh, so ripe. Right. And it forced me to eat random vegetables that I'm, normally I would never buy. Right. And I liked it. But isn't it great that like you knew where that came from? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, everyone's so afraid of Monsanto these days. And like, if you knew it came from that farm that's like 20 minutes away, you don't have to worry maybe about them using Monsanto and stuff like that so it's like healthier yeah i, I think that's cool and it is nice because like you're supporting a local farmer right like local exactly economy. yeah 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 i think that if i lived somewhere and i was i always thought like if it when i moved back to the u.s but i guess i can do this anywhere yeah i so. would sign up for a weekly csa box oh, good. i would probably buy like a half a cow yeah <laughs> and like just have it in my freezer well but, you're going to ukraine right for two Three months, Three yeah. months, you could commit to something I or set can. something up. You set up Nomad Coffee only being here one week. I'm sure you could set up. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's actually really funny. Like, And now it's like huge. You know, this, there's a huge following. Nomad yeah. Coffee, yeah. But you know what? To be fair, like... Just because you're, was... not, you're not going to brag on your own show, so I'll brag for you. He came, he had a coffee meetup, and now there's like tons of people that show up. Johnny left. This was a year ago. And now this is the most popular meetup still on the island. Which is cool. Yeah. But it's only because like Maria and um, Ma- Maria, I can't even pronounce her name. Maria? Oh. Ma- Maria? Ma- Mariam? Uh, Maria? Oh, Mariam. the girl that helps Maria. Yeah. Maria. So, yeah. yeah. Sorry, my, my, I can't pronounce anyone's names, but they run it. So, right, like, yeah. really, it was just, like, inspiration, yeah. you know. And But I'm I'm actually speaking there this week, and I'm so excited to go back and see how it's grown. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever done the the um, the, the strengths finder? No, what is that? Oh, uh, it's like a personality assessment. I know what your, your number one is. What? Activator. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you have to take it. Because you're, like, you get people moving, and yeah. you, like... You know, you're not someone to sit around and research something for days. You just start doing it yeah, and it gets true. traction. But then you need someone to take over and like okay. <laughs> continue it. Yeah. yeah, that's good. Yeah, because yeah, I, I don't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you're the idea guy. But you execute too. So uh, yeah, and I, I actually I think my biggest problem before was wanting to do everything myself. Yeah. Because it was just easier than right. like trying to get other people to do it. Right. But now my goal is. To just, you know, get things going and then find good people to just right. take it over. Exactly. Yeah. And that's always the hardest part. Yeah. Yeah. So shout out to the Nomad Coffee Club Las Palmas. Yeah. If you guys are coming to Grand Canary, you can join their Facebook group, go yeah. to the meetups. Yeah. yeah. And they're having, I told you, the co-living, first co-living conference here. Yeah. With yeah. Christine McDaniel. Yeah. We spoke at the Nomad Summit last year in Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. So that's cool that she's doing that. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so there's a lot like happening here. I there like is it. a lot happening. Yeah. 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 I if I was European and I wanted to be close to Europe, but somewhere warm year round and s- somewhere nice, like mm-hmm. lower cost of living, good weather, one hundred percent I'll move to Las Palmas. Right. Like without a doubt. And this is why my Polish friends, like, they've been here for two years now or a year mm-hmm. and a half. And they love it. Right. You know, it's warmer than Poland. Right. It's not that much more expensive, actually. Right, yeah. You know, and they have access to a great community. 
they just, they really like it. Right. Yeah. I mean, the other islands that are popular, like a lot of Americans go to Ibiza, but that's like a seasonal place. Mm-hmm. Um, and party place. That's exactly. Like $15 yeah. waters. Exactly. Um, and I don't think it has that city vibe and uh, community. It's just, yeah, seasonal. Um, and there, what else? Like Malta. There's a lot of other islands out there, but I just feel like they aren't as developed as here where you mm. could like live all year round. I think I would get stir crazy and feel like landlocked on some yeah. of the other islands. That's the biggest problem with the islands in general. Yeah. Is they're too small. Right. And even, um, to be honest, like Grand Canary, if you don't have a car and you just stay in Las Canteras and you just have to walk everywhere, it also gets too small. Right. But once you start exploring and you go, you know, hiking on the weekends or yeah. you start going to the other side of the island... Right to do stuff then you realize okay there's actually enough to do yeah. it's big enough did you get this from your american friends when i told people i moved to grand canaria and they look it up on the map and i'm like oh come and visit me they're like so like what kind of like boat would i have to rent to get over to your <laughs> island they're picturing like Gil- gilligan's island like looks, coming over on a boat like that so small on the google yeah, maps though. right so that's what they're picturing they're like oh maybe another time yeah but like what state i'm trying to think size wise what state would you compare it just to give it? I have no idea. Like, if, like the population. I did it at one point. I've never looked it up. So you, you can look it up. Yeah. In my mind, Grand Canary, I think because on Google Maps, the closest landmass is Africa. Mm-hmm. So it, it looks like a speck <laughs> next to it. And, but they have, you know, they have international airport. They have cheap flights mm-hmm. from all around Europe. You can even fly, I think, from, I don't know. Can you fly from the East Coast here directly? Oh, so that starts in April. Oh, nice. Yeah, to Boston. I, that's so random. Like, I don't know why Boston. Yeah, Binter Airlines is going from Grand Canaria to Boston. Okay. Yeah. The only place that doesn't fly here at all is Sri Lanka. Oh, so yeah. You found I, that out the hard oh, way. Oh, God. It was <laughs> such a hard trip. But, you know, not that many people are going to go from Sri Lanka to here. So I guess it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, another... I just figured this out a few months ago after being here for two years. There's actually a lot of families that come over here for, there's a public company, a mining company, Kinross. Okay. What was funny, I when I first came here, I added myself to like every group that was Grand Canary or Las Palmas. And someone messaged me and they're like, oh, are you a widow? And I was like, Why? what? I'm like, that's such a random thing mm-hmm. to message someone. They're like, well, you're part of the Kinross group. And I was like, I don't really know it. So I'm Googling what's Kinross and like, why do you think I'm a widow or uh-huh. divorced? They're like, are you divorced or a widow? And so apparently this company here has been attracting Americans here, their families, so that maybe the husband comes over, he's getting a great job here. The family comes and then if they get divorced or, you know, they lose their husband, they this island's so beautiful and cheap compared to America, they stay. So apparently there's a Facebook group for these families that have come here, but now they stay but then they're not connected to Kinross anymore. So there's a, this group, yeah. They just so re- weird. Okay. They renamed the group. That's why I was confused. I was like, what did I sign up for? Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, I can see why people live here. Yeah. Um, but for Americans, it's not... Okay, so for Europeans, you can basically just show up mm-hmm. if you're part of EU, because it's Spain, yeah. and you can basically just stay. Yeah. You know, you can... I mean, technically, I think you have, you have... You're supposed to leave every six months, but I don't think anyone... Yeah. cares or checks right but as americans we have 30 days every 180 days no mm-hmm. 90 days every 180 days yep like anywhere in any in 180 day period yeah so you can stay here for three months leave for three three months come yeah. back for three yeah. months which is you know fine if you're traveling right but it wouldn't be good to live here right but so how like how did you do it for two that years that was a nightmare <laughs> so um, so researching the entrepreneur's visa, um, I wrote a blog about this. So if anyone wants to go through the process and not go through the headache that I went through, they can just, uh, I outline the whole process, but, um, basically, uh, you get a one year renewal, but the entrepreneur's visa, you're promising Spain that you're going to set up a business. And when you set up the business, their hopes is that you'll help their unemployment issue. And I think it's like, 40% unemployment under the age of 40 for the residents of Spain. So they want you to stimulate the economy and create jobs. So they don't want you to just come here and set up a freelance business. They want you to create jobs. So you have to submit a business plan first to the commercial office. Um, there's different uh, Spain commercial offices all out the, 
throughout the U.S. I think there's six of them. I'm in, because I was in Pennsylvania, mine was in New York City. So you send an email to that. I have the whole uh, thing outlined. But you send an email to the guy and he sends it to Madrid, your business plan. They are looking to make sure it's an innovative plan and it will potentially create jobs for the locals. Then once that's approved, then you take that document and all your other requirements, which is like a federal background check, an apostle background check. So it's not just any background check, criminal and for the whole U.S. Um, you take that. Um, financials, they want to make sure that you're not just going to come here and freeload and live off the government. Um, you have enough financial means, which is that not a lot. I think you only need like 30000 for the year saved up. Uh, bank statements, the background check, the business plan, and then there's a standard application form. Um, and yeah, oh, and insurance. So Tokyo Marine, have you heard of that? That's one of the biggest insurance companies, biggest underwriters in Spain. Um, and it's pretty inexpensive, but you have to get um, an insurance plan that fits the requirements for this visa. So that was the process, but the research for that took about a year. Wow. <laughs> but um uh, if you're not looking to set up a business, then you just go the non-lucrative route, which is the same process that I just explained minus the business plan. Um, and then they, for some reason, the non-lucrative visa requires an extensive health check. As long as you're healthy, you're fine. Just got to get a note from a doctor. Um, but it's basically the same process. And you just go to your Spanish consulate. Um, you have to book an appointment 30 days in advance because they're booked for some reason. Um, like they're on siesta. Yeah, they're always on siesta. So, um, yeah, everything is done. This is the trick because a lot of people I meet, they're like, oh, this sounds great. I'll just do it. I'm like, you're in Spain though. You can't be on a, like right now you, well, you're on a visitor's visa right yeah. now. So you technically can't apply for a non-lucrative visa while on a visitor's visa. Okay. You physically have to go to the Spanish consulate and hand in the paperwork. And then once you're approved, um, then they, they put a sticker in your passport and then you could come. And it's so good for one year, and then you just renew it every year. And then after five years, then you can get a passport. Wow, yeah. okay. Well, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, it'd be cool to have a... I don't know. It's, it, it's a pain. Like, yeah. Because even my Polish friends, like, they've been here for a year and a half, and they said that they just got their... My motorcycles registered oh. and i was like why it's like yeah. oh he's like dude it's just a pain, it's a pain Every, everything yeah. everything just takes a long time mm -hmm. but i think that it's possible yeah it's definitely possible right. um i would recommend if you're american or canadian or something come here just as a tourist right. if you stay for three months if you like it right and then figure it out mm -hmm. you know maybe you could just take spanish classes right. too right well the trickiest thing and this is the it's it's so weird how they have this entrepreneur's visa they require you to sh to have a lease for a year but like how are you getting a visa for an entire year mm. if like i guess they're assuming you went for the 90 days searched for a place signed a lease and then you signed a lease committed just praying that the entrepreneur's yeah. visa is going to get approved so that thing's a little off so i would just use someone if you know someone in spain use their address until okay. you get approved or like whatever airbnb you plan to be in just like use that address and then maybe cancel if you don't get approved okay but yeah the whole process the approval took a little under two months wow yeah All right. but at least it's possible yeah and it's a nice place so it's, yeah. it's worth it right? exactly yeah but to be honest as an american with other choices yeah. for me it's it's very nice to be here, right? But there's so many other places I c it can be instead, right? And that's that's yeah. why I don't live here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But I do like it. And, no, I you really know. really like it. And I'm glad I came back to visit. It's nice to see you again. Yeah, it's nice to catch up with everyone. Uh, I'm here because the Nomad Cruise is leaving from here in two weeks, yeah. so it kind of just all kind of happened to to work out together. Yeah, yeah. that's perfect. So so there's the Nomad Cruise that leaves from here. Uh, at least once a year, mm -hmm. and then there's the Nomad City, City which is Nacho's November. conference. Yeah, is November, it? and that's for remote workers, right? And remote, workers. remote companies. Yep. Okay. Uh, and then what else is? Then we have the, the co-living co conference. conference. When is that? Uh, I think it's in two weeks. Oh, okay. Yeah. So maybe right when this comes out, if you want to exactly. just hop on a quick plane. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what is that one called? Do you know? Oh, uh, I think it's just co-living conference. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Um. Yeah, so yeah, there's definitely a lot happening here. And then Carnival. Carnival, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, but I don't know. I mean, I think... Oh, that's... beach tennis. If anyone's like hard <laughs> into beach tennis, apparently the number one player, beach tennis player, lives here. Wow. The second best is in Puerto Rico. Wow. Okay. So I get trained by the second <laughs> the guy. I play with him and then his friend lives here. It's oh, funny so that funny. these are the two islands that like love beach tennis. 
Yeah, and I can see why. I mean, it's a nice, nice beach, good weather, so you can play year round. Yeah, I played beach volleyball here last time. Oh, you and that did? Was cool. Yeah, they yeah. have a good community for that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, nice place to live. But um, I hope you enjoy Puerto Rico as much. Yeah. Yeah. I think for Puerto Rico, if I had family on the East Coast, or I, I had like a home base on the East Coast, mm. or if I was making a lot of money through. Um, capital gains, mm-hmm. either through you have to. cryptocurrency yeah. or through like other investments, then I would live in a place like right. Puerto Rico, where the the taxes are. Right. Is it is it less or zero for right? Yeah. So what it it's zero with federal, uh-huh. but then uh, state, but it's not a state. Um, the Puerto territory, it's okay. considered a territory. Okay. The territory is four percent. Okay. So instead but, of paying fifteen, you would pay four. Exactly. Okay. So it's zero for federal and then 4% for Puerto Rico. Uh-huh. But keep in mind, you have to submit the application. It takes about three three months. There's uh-huh. consulting companies that charge you anywhere from five grand to 10 grand to set wow. that up. I did it myself because I'm a research nerd. Okay. And um, it, it takes about three months. Okay. Then once you get approved, but not every service is approved as long as you're exporting your services. Yeah. Um, so meaning you have a client in the U.S. or somewhere outside of Puerto Rico. You can't have a client in Puerto Rico. Yeah. yeah. And so export of services. Okay. Yeah. Then you get approved. Oh, but the other thing for that's Act 20 for the business. Act 22, um, you have to make a donation of 5000 every year. Every so, year. Yeah. So okay. that's the thing. If you're killing it, it makes sense. But okay. if you're not paying 5000 a year, it's mandatory. Uh, you have to make a donation to any nonprofit in Puerto, Puerto Rico. Okay. So, yeah. That's also, I mean, it's nice. Which I'm right? sure. It's nice. Next year. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe for you. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I, I won't be moving to Puerto Rico anytime soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah. But this has been really fun. Yeah, I'm, this I'm, is I'm great. I'm glad to have you on. I listen to your show all the time. I feel honored that I'm on it. Well, I feel honored. You're, you're, you're my friend. Oh, yeah. thank you. Thank you. So how do people reach out to you if they want to keep in touch or um, say hi? Yeah, probably Instagram, okay. uh, Capopedia. So, yeah. How do you spell that? C-A-P-A-A-D-A. Pedia. P-E-D-A. Did I butcher it? What does that mean? So, my company is Kappa. Okay. And then just Pedia. Meaning like, like Wikipedia? The, yeah, exactly. Don't make fun of me. <laughs> no one's ever asked me that. Oh, that's so funny. Okay. So, C-A-P-A... Uh, EDA. EDA. Yeah. Okay. CPA, EDA. EDA. Oh, um, God. It's hard to say. That or uh, the contact form on AmericanExpatsInSpain.com. Okay. Or join the community on Facebook. Ex- you guys, you guys Amer- are strong now, right? Yeah, like, 2,500. Are you guys... Is it like something that's capped at 2,500? Or Because I know you guys named it like 2,500 something. Oh, no, no. It's just named American Expats in Spain. Okay. Yeah, no. I created it for... I think there was like five of us in the group and it was a private group and then... I didn't plan to create this big group. And I think Facebook is doing a huge push for active groups. And we have at least 10 posts a day. And we each post gets about like 1,500 views. Wow. So like... It's very active. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't realize how much momentum it was getting until like a ton of people were trying approaching me about advertising. And Mm -hmm. I was like, what? This is the first time me like having a network, you know, like I'm like, what does this mean? How do I monetize (laughs) it? So yeah, so it's it's growing. But anyone wants to consider moving to Spain, it's a very helpful group. It's 50% um, are in the US trying to figure out how to make that move and like asking how to get the non-lucrative visa talking to the community how do you find a place how do you find the right school there's a lot of really good knowledgeable people that are americans in spain that have been living here for you know multiple years helping people make that transition so it's about 50 percent people that are already living in spain and moved from america and then the other 50 percent are still in the u.s trying to get the guts to move out here okay really cool i like that yeah so It's a helpful community. So if any of you want to move out to Spain and you're American or probably Canadian as well. Yeah, that works. Yeah. Probably a helpful, helpful group. Yeah. Uh, if you're from the EU already, if you're in the EU already, check out Ryanair. Oh. And just, <laughs> and just top over. Oh my God. You're joking, right? Uh. <laughs> you're a fake influencer too. Uh, so oh is it, okay, what actually airlines fly directly to, to Gran Canaria? To, to, to Las Palmas? Oh, uh, there are. So it There's will ton, start. Right? Oh, from. From Europe. Oh, from Europe. So Binter, um, Iberia. Uh, yeah, Ryanair. Ryanair does yeah. it, yeah. Ryanair is the best airline in oh the world. Oh, my God. <laughs> Do you know, you can't call them. You have to pay like 44 cents a minute like to call them. Oh, God. They so don't funny. have a 1-800 number. They don't allow pets to travel on the airline. Yeah. And you, they don't, it's not included in the flight for a bag. 
Yeah, seatbelts yeah, are five dollars. Yeah, extra. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, you don't want to die? Okay, yeah, here you go. <laughs> exactly. No, exactly. but I'm, I'm glad they're they're around. You know, as yeah. long as you know what you're getting into. Yeah, and then Binter uh, from Boston. I think it starts April first. Will be a direct flight. Is that an April Fool's joke? Or yeah, that, right. That sounds like one. <laughs> People should just not do anything on April 1st exactly April you're setting yourself up for disaster yeah, yeah. alright but Julie it was really fun having you oh, uh, and you. I'm glad we're hanging great. out in Las Palmas yeah hopefully I see you I'm going to be traveling most of Latin America for the okay. rest of the year so if you find yourself out that way let me know probably not this year I'll be in Mexico though okay. so Nomad Summit oh yeah I'll swing over to the yeah, visit yeah, yeah please come so Cancun Nomad Summit October I should know the dates mid-October sometime you can check out nomadsummit.com. Oh, it's right before, uh, yeah, the one, the conference here. Yeah, Nomad actually. City. Are you uh, going to come to this one? I'm not going to be coming back to it. Yeah, yeah, it's too far. Uh, but I looked it up October 12th. Mm-hmm. So that's actually beginning of October. Yeah, that's so. perfect. And that's a good time because it's starting to get cold. People are going to want that escape. Yep. Yeah, that'll be a really good conference. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll see you in uh, Mexico. Awesome. Hopefully I'll see everyone listening to this in Mexico as well. Thanks so much for listening. And thanks for leaving all these great five-star reviews of the podcast on iTunes and everywhere else you guys hang it out. We actually got five new reviews this this uh, month or week or something. So I'll leave you a review. I appreciate that. <laughs> so um, that's it. So see you guys next time. See you, Julie. Awesome. Thanks and so much. Hasta luego. Okay. See Ciao. Ya. Thank you for listening to the Travel Like a Boss podcast. If you want to hear more, including the bonus, how to choose the perfect niche episode, join our mailing list at travellikeabosspodcast.com. See you next week. And remember, if you want to travel like a boss, you need to be your own boss. So start your online business today and start living the lifestyle you've always dreamed of.